toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness we are souls on the journey opening up the conversation to heal awaken and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency it starts with you everything you need is within you this is your time i am stacy musial and i am sam fernandez and we are your co-hosts at be the love podcast thank you for tuning in and ascending with us hop on board the ascension bus this is adrian elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. This is Dr. Brent Satterfield of Inner World Movement, author of Bringing Heaven Home. Hi, this is Dana Parker with Inner World Movement. Hi, my name's Steve Nabell. Here I am with Stacy and Sam on Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through The Shadows. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in with us. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And so if it feels safe for you, I'd like to take a moment just to get centered with us. I would like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out of your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present right now. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and breathing in love for yourself, moving it into all of your cells and your entire being, and breathing out that light and love and sending it to all of humanity. And remember that you always have your breath to come back to. So today we have Paula Kruger. Paula was raised in a Christian family and at the age of 27 began a journey into a wider realm of understanding through books about near-death experience, participation in the dances of universal peace, and a kundalini awakening through Kriya meditation, just to name a few. She attended Naropa University for a master's degree in transpersonal psychology and about the same time, she began studying the esoteric card system known as the destiny cards and developed her intuitive abilities. Combining all of these, she helps her clients connect with their guides, passed over loved ones, and higher self aspects to heal, grow, and clarify their life purpose. She is the author of So You've Got a Destiny cards book. And recently, Mother Mary contacted her and gives her messages for the collective, which she shares on her Facebook page and her YouTube channel. 
So thank you so much for being with us today, Paula. I'm so honored. Hmm, it's such an honor. Thank you. And so let's just get started and um, tell us a little bit about what got you started down your path to where you are now. So what was the spark that moved you from Christianity into the other realms that you've been studying? Well, my father passed away at age 20 when I was 24. And that launched me into uh, reading a whole bunch of books about near-death experience. I just read one after the other. And then I felt kind of complete when I'd read nine books in a row, just digesting, consuming as fast as I could. And then I got to this, I got to this place when I was 27 and I realized, you know, really accepted the cognitive dissonance that I was experiencing with, you know, traditional Christianity and I wasn't, it wasn't a repressive form of Christianity I was raised with. It, everybody was really chilled out and nothing ever got really pushed on me. Um, so it really just was an expansion. Like Jesus told me several times, I'm the one that led you out and into this big circuitous path that lasted 10 years before I brought you back to kind of unbrainwash you and kind of show you the bigger picture. But at 27, I, I had to make a break. I had to just formally say, okay, I don't think I have to go through the four spiritual laws to get to heaven. I don't think anyone has to do that. There's just a lot more going on here. And then, then I just kind of, that was my first step into that realm. And I just began really understanding the, the power of the individual soul journey. And then through reading books about, um, past life regression and things like that. It was like, oh, okay, okay, everything's perfect here. Everything's organized. I've made these choices. I've made these contracts. I want to have these experiences, which really, really lifts a person out of victimhood and puts them more firmly in agency, but also just it's constant love, you know, infinite love. So um, yeah, does that answer the question? Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. It sounds like it's just been a beautiful journey that le leading you to what really resonates for your, your soul. Yes. Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. So tell us a little bit about what the card system is. It sounds like that really, you came to that place of um, learning about the cards and that resonated with you. Tell us a little bit about what that is. Yes. Um, with the birth of each of my children, the same person actually handed me one of the destiny cards book. And this was the second one that I was handed. It's, it's very well loved like the Velveteen Rabbit. <laughs> my first cop, actually my second copy, I have a third copy that's in better shape, but um, this is going to seem a little strange at first, but this is the map. This um, is all 52 cards in this grid like structure. And then, Here's another version of it where they're all organized. Basically, it's this really ancient esoteric system of the ordinary playing cards, which is uh, when you Google it, it's really hard to trace the origin of the cards. A lot of different cultures claim to have originated it. But I had an experience at one point that kind of answered it for me. I had a vision of myself lying on the desert in Egypt, and my heart was just broken because this sacred secret system was buried deep 
deep under me and it was just a kind of a symbolic way I think they were showing me that um I had a very very close relationship with this system in an ancient lifetime and I I've just come to it with a uh, just a facility to just understand this uh the language of the cards you know even even the the shape of a card and the way they're called pips you know the the clubs or the hearts or whatever how they're laid out is it creates a picture and uh, has a really deep meaning. And there's so many different layers and levels to the meaning. And, and it was used in ancient times for uh, when to plant your garden, for, for alchemy um, and all of the metals. It has a lot of planetary and uh, like astrology and numerological language. And um, I use it for spiritual development, you know, like it's turtles all the way down. If you've heard that expression, it's, everything is connected and this is a representation of the fabric of reality it's all frequency and vibration um i know that sounds a little esoteric but it it was just made it's been made so clear to me how each individual path which is based on your birthday so because i'm born on august 6 i am a seven of diamonds and then i have a hand literally that i'm dealt when i find my card I back up one for the moon card, and then here's my Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto cards in my hand. So it reads kind of like an astrological reading, and that's that's like the birth chart to help you understand your personality, the issues that you're going to have, what's going to be hard, what's going to be easy. And then there's this other book where you can look up your card. And then you can look up your age. I don't know if you can see that, but it's like the matrix. You can look at your exact age and then the year is broken down into uh, seven periods lasting 52 days each. And you have two cards of influence for each period. And I, I've been doing this for like close to 30 years now. And it is just so clear to me that really big changes will happen on or around birthdays because you get a whole new set of cards for that next year, or a, a significant shift can happen when you move from one planetary period to the next. And suddenly like there's a big relief and we find ourselves being like, why do I feel so crappy this month? Why it just seemed to be so easy just a couple of days ago, what's going on? And, and the system just really helps people understand that the first thing is this is temporary you're in a movie this isn't a snapshot you will progress through this and then deal with something else and so anyway yeah and then my guides come in and explain you know that that a single card can be a touching off point where you know then their guides can come in and say okay this is what's going on and then it just kind of launches into a conversation between the person and their guides and the card system find that uh very very fascinating stuff and um i love playing cards i because i'm i am one of those people that loves to study them like kind of like you said like you know the the hearts and the the uh the clovers and and all of that and just study them because i've always felt like there's something way deeper than what i'm looking at here than just what's on the surface you know and uh i've actually i've never heard of um destiny cards you know playing cards having you know uh, a, a different purpose i knew or at least i felt there was a different purpose for them you know that there was a, a much like i said deeper purpose and the way you explain it's like oh yeah I, that that makes total sense 
do you know though um because you did say you know historically if you look it up on google there's a bunch of different you know things out there on where destiny cards actually got their start do you know if uh if destiny cards are as old or older than like tarot cards or oracle cards yes um the um the tarot comes from the the cards um and the the uh the joker is the fool it's the first um Mm. what do you call those the 22 cards that precede all the other cards in the tarot oh what are they called you know the first one is the fool the second one is do you know what i'm talking about (laughs) I don't. I, I'm not very. I'm not very versed in tarot. So I've, um, I've got a couple of I've readings. I've got my tarot right here. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, yeah. The Arcana. Yes. Right. So the Fool is the first one, and then um, the Tarot is uh, an infusion of Kabbalah, the you know the mystical Jewish system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that results in, yeah, the tarot with all these other things. But uh, yeah, there's there's a, a direct correspondence. Um, and oftentimes there's a very parallel meaning. And sometimes it's pretty divergent. But, um, you know, like the Ten of Cups means overflowing happiness. Uh, that's the Ten of Hearts, which is it can represent a wedding, a gathering of people, being able to communicate with a group of people or just having all your wishes fulfilled. So yeah there are parallels yeah it's super super ancient i i think that it was designed by um gosh i used to say this and now it doesn't resonate anymore i was going to say like aliens because the technology of it is so incredibly advanced Mm -hmm. but i think it was people like us um having a level of mastery and connectedness with the whole universe and this system is based on time you can break it down and there are parallels to the length of the year down to the fact that um, all of the cards added together equal like the numeric values if uh, jack queen king are 11 12 and 13 it comes to 364 Mm -hmm. and then the joker is worth 1.25 all suits plus himself which makes 365.25 which is the exact length of a solar year you know, four suits, four seasons, the red and the black is day and night, and it goes on and on and on. Yeah, the pair, mm-hmm. and it's, it's time. It really is the study of time, which just gives me the chills right now, because it's a, we are passing through time, you know, we're this complete novel, but we are passing through this, I call it the cross section of eternity, just one page at a time, one influence at a time. And I think, this system has helped me understand you are not a snapshot and the mind wants to go into black or white and judgment. And it's like, no, there's always movement. There's always development. And it's a spiral. Like we know you come back to like, say I had the ACE of hearts six years ago in, uh, in Uranus, it's going to show up differently for me this time because I will have evolved through, you know, several iterations of working with that card. So Anyway, little rabbit trail there. I love that, you, you know, a fair amount of people, not that many, say what you say in the sense of, I just feel like there's something more there. And I just, oh, I love that curiosity. And I can tell you that just looking at the cards, I mean, I was obsessed with playing solitaire. In fact, my brother refused to play nerds with me because I got so good at it. 
but um, I'm positive now that I did that on purpose. My soul did on that on purpose because just looking at the cards is an esoteric practice because of the power of symbol. That's uh, really funny that you mentioned that too, because I actually, I learned how to play poker when I was like 15. <laughs> um, and, you know, before then, it was a, a lot of solitaire. And I remember being a kid and uh, like at my grandparents' house or something, and they just have these cards and they're, you know, I mean, we all know if eventually all the cards just kind of meld together in one just messy deck. And sometimes you pull cards from another deck and cards from another deck. And that's kind of how it was. But I remember just like sitting there and just like you said, just studying the cards and like, it's almost like, you know, uh, everything around me just kind of disappeared. And I just dove into whatever cards I was looking at, you know, and I think that's where my, uh, my fascination with them started too. Um, but I do love that, you know, you don't necessarily have to go out and buy a, a tarot deck. You don't have to go out and buy an Oracle deck. You know, you can run to the to the gas station, buy a two dollar pack of playing cards and, and it's got the same effect. And the other thing I, I really uh, found interesting is how you were talking about this and how it correlates with numerology. You mm -hmm. know, and. Um, and just, you know, the, the more we talk about these these kinds of topics, the more my eyes get open to, you know, the numerology of the universe and how everything, like you were saying, everything is interconnected and everything is interconnected. You know, when it comes to the, to the universe, there's no separation. Everything's connected to everything, which is connected to everything. Yes. And, you know, with, with the Destiny cards, it's just one more thing that's connected to the whole scheme of things. And uh, it's it's... To me, it's it's a little daunting sometimes, <laughs> but it's also, like you said, you know, very, very fascinating stuff. Um, so, and I might be kind of hogging the interview right now, but it's just, there's just a lot of, a lot of good stuff coming to me right now. But uh, one thing I would like to know, though, is, so for the, the readings and the cards and things, and you mentioned uh, individual and collective. Right. So there can be readings for the individual and there could be readings for the collective as well. Right. So how can we use the individual, the individual path and the collective path readings? How can create, we create an understanding and kind of use that to, you know, help guide our lives if we are in, you know, kind of a rut or we're, we're unsure of where to go next. That's a great question with a really multifaceted answer. Um, I'll start by saying, the cards themselves have general teachings. And um, I'm not sure if I put that chapter in my book or not, but I just want to say really quick, if you do have a card deck and you want to start doing readings, my book, and I don't, I don't even know if Amazon is selling it anymore. You can contact me and I will send you one. But um, it's called, like Stacy said, so you got a destiny cards book. Now what? And it guides you through doing a particular kind of reading. And you don't need the Destiny Cards book to use it, but you can just throw a bunch of cards and then go to the reference section and say, what does the Jack of Diamonds mean? And I give you kind of a little bit more of an esoteric spiritual growth aspect. But as far as the collective, there are general teachings that present themselves. Um, and then, gosh, it, it, it has to have a birthday. <laughs> to use the Destiny Cards, it has to have a birthday. 
it has to have an inception point. So you can look at like significant things like when you got together with your partner, look at that day, that card, how it is that kind of, that's kind of the hand that you're dealt. Um, you can also take two birth cards, add them together, and that's your composite card. And that is the relationship path that you're working. Um, the United States is the Jack of Diamonds, and it is a particular age. So I have it earmarked in my book so I can see what we're transitioning into as a country. You can do that for you know all the other different countries. But this system sort of underscores a message I've been getting from Mary over and over and over again. Your path is your own. And um, that's really where the rubber meets the road is what am I experiencing right now? What do I think? And um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asking if I didn't answer your question. Oh, no, no. I, I do believe that you uh you answered my question and um yeah i'm just (laughs) sorry i'm just kind of processing stuff too um but you did also go ahead stacy sorry sorry go ahead um okay yeah so i'm yeah as far as like the individual so we our path is our own and so if we wanted to say get a reading or um maybe read the cards for ourselves or you know find um, maybe what is the best time to do something? How would we go about um, utilizing the cards for our individual path? Okay, well, several several things you can do. One, I, I do recommend going to my website to at least, um, I mean, just a few clicks away, you can find out what your card is. And then you can get a little paragraph or two blurb for free about your card. And then for a, for four bucks, you can get a report on your card. And then for 33 bucks, you can get what is called a kit. I put it, put together 52 kits, like, okay, for this life path, these are some, here's some practices you can do. Here are five questions, difficult questions you can ask yourself or easy. Um, yeah, there's, it's, the kit is just packed with mm everything it's very very user friendly and it's really funny i put it together with a couple of gals so i'm a diamond so i tend to be very serious and they're both clubs so they have kind of more this adolescent jokey funny you know kind of attitude and that comes through in the website um and you know or if you want to take it a step further you can get um you can get Robert Camp's second book, this Destiny Cards book. He also has a website where there's a lot of information called Seven Thunders. He believes that, um, and I do too, that the system is mentioned in the Bible, in Revelations, when it talks about the little book that the angel um, puts in his mouth, and it's like a burning coal, and at first the taste is sweet, and then, oh, getting the chills. At first the taste is sweet, and then it becomes bitter. And that's the card system. It's like Mm. for about 10 years, I would ask everyone, including the waitress, when's your birthday? Because I was Mm. studying, studying, studying. And at first the resonance with it is like, oh, that's so resonant. That's so sweet. That's so amusing. Look, I'm, I'm included in the fabric of reality. And this explains me to myself. And then it becomes bitter when, when you start to kind of get this reflection back of like, oh, this is really reflecting me on a deeper level. And now I'm seeing, you know, the issues and the, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that I have to deal with. So yeah, and you can always contact me for a reading. It's um that there, and there are other, you know, products and things that are on the website that are free. Um, so 
I, I invite people to just begin where you find yourself, what feels the most accessible to you. And then the cards have kind of a consciousness of their own and it becomes um, a relationship, a real esoteric relationship where they begin, you know, there's a mystical connection like, like you're talking about. Um, it just starts to go back and forth and it kind of leads you kind of leads you along. And it's a feedback relationship where the cards can inform you about yourself and then your experience can inform you about the cards. So mm. Mm. sounds like they could be really beneficial and maybe help understand ourselves a little bit more in depth. Um, and I'm curious, you mentioned just about being a diamond, maybe more serious and um, the clubs, you know, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the different symbol symbology and what they, those mean behind the cards. Yes. Yes. So they go in order um, according to age. They're, they also represent elements. Um, it's, it's always everything is one of my phrases. That's <laughs> but hearts represent childhood. So if you're a heart, you're going to like children are very um, they're experiencing life through their emotional body more and relationships are very primary for them. So hearts represent childhood. And in fact, heart people will be very young looking their whole life. Um, they might even have like really soft, creamy skin. There's a, I can identify people. I've even gotten to the place where I can figure out what someone's card is. And I've been mm -hmm. right a number of times and it just floors me, but it's a vibration and I'm learning how to read mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, clubs represent the adolescent and the air element. Oh, so hearts are water. Clubs represent air or swords and it's a time of mental accumulation as teenagers uh, were beginning to really accumulate a lot of information. So they tend to be in their heads a lot and that gets you know, heavily rewarded by our society. Um, so sometimes it's hard for them to access the heart because they're so focused here, but it also represents consciousness. And they also are very lighthearted and witty and not quite so attached. It's like a teenager that can kind of have this attitude. They're fun to be around or more lighthearted. The diamonds represent adulthood. Um, diamonds are, and there's some debate about this, but I feel strongly that diamonds are fire because it's the fired up engine time of our lives the adulthood when we're making money we're accumulating it's pentacles it's fire it's passion diamond types tend to be very um they have very strong convictions it's all about their values and what's important to them and the word should is really big for them <laughs> and yeah kind of serious and uh, tend to sermonize and tell people what they should do and what should happen. And they can be very useful in like a board meeting to go, okay, here's the priority. Here's where we need to go. And then the spade is the sage and they don't talk as much. They have a slower processing speed because they're taking in everything. And they're the person in the meeting who waits until the end. And then they say a few words and everyone's jaw drops. It's like, wow. They tend to feel a little cold, a little insular, a little dismissive, like they don't really need anything from you, but they they bring a vibration of uh, containment and wisdom. And when love is added to it, you just get this feeling like everything's going to be okay because mm -hmm. grandma just showed up and she knows a lot. So I guess mm -hmm. we're going to be okay. And um, 
one question that I had for you actually. Um, throughout our lifetimes with our destiny cards, is it possible for our, um, you know, for our symbols to change? So is it possible for us to go from a heart to a diamond or, for, you know, from a diamond to a club or for a spade to a heart? Or is that kind of, is that kind of our baseline for, you know, for the rest of, of our natural lives here on earth? Yes, to both. It's, um, I love that question because uh, you are fundamentally your card your whole life. Mm -hmm. That's going to be your primary thing, uh, just like in the Enneagram. And there's huge correspondence with the Enneagram and the cards. But we move through different focuses. So like there are seven-year cycles. There are 13-year cycles. Um, so in my 13-year cycle, um, so I'm progressing through my hand. Maybe I should use one of you guys instead. Sure. Your birthday. July 10th. Okay, so you're the five of diamonds. I already knew that. I had your book <laughs> over here. So, um, and what is your age? 43. Okay, so you are technically in the Jupiter period between 39 and 51. And then at 52, you enter a 13-year Saturn influence. So we would look at your Jupiter card. So here's the five of diamonds. So... Uh, we go down here to start. This is the first 13 years, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter. So your Jupiter card is the seven of spades. So even though you're a diamond, you would be doing more spade-like things. You would have that more addressed, you know, and it's, it's a clock that Robert Camp, the guy that wrote these books, um, said it clocks down to seconds. Hmm. Every second, there's a card of influence. And of course, that's really difficult to work with. Um, technically, the hour, I've, uh, somebody found this somewhere. I'm sorry, I don't know where to access it. But the hour of my birth is the Queen of Clubs, which is the Mother Mary card. So it's like, oh, that's cool how that comes together. Mm. Um, but yeah, there are cycles that we're moving through. And I, I tend to focus on the, the year-long cycle because we kind of experience these chapters in about a month or so you know that 52 day period so yes and you have a planetary ruler so stacy because you're a cancer we back up one to get your other card it's called your planetary ruler and that's the seven of clubs so the moon rules emotional comfort zone so your emotional comfort zone is to be emotionally intelligent discerning to be very highly sensitive, which is really a two-edged sword, of course. Clubs <laughs> uh, tends to be very, um, it's its the rake through mind that mm. finds all the snags. So it tends to be, when we're in fear, we tend to go into judgment. So there's a lot of self-judgment that comes mm. with that early on. And then it, through that pain and suffering of having a seven in your moon position, you eventually find self-love, discernment, clarity, and then you can, you know, extend that to others. So during childhood, you may have experienced more of that moon vibration, but you know, it's always coming into play, mm. you know? So yeah, that's, that's the answer is that you're, it does. Uh, well, and you also have a soul card. What's the card under your card. So here's another layer. I, I like the level of complication because like astrology, it allows for the, all the subtleties of life. Um, so 
we would look over here to see the corresponding position. This card, this spread is like under this spread is how I think of it. So you have a diamond under you. So I would call you a double diamond. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, other people have other suits under them. And so that tends to be an arena. The card underneath tends to be something we've already got under our belt a little bit. So mm -hmm. we bring a little bit more mastery and expertise to that vibration. So um, yeah. So, so what does that mean like for um, the soul card and being a double diamond? How would you, how does that? It would, it would say that you're not, um, you're not new to this rodeo show <laughs> being a diamond. Uh, you will have worked through issues of um, the self-righteousness that comes with a diamond, the tendency to sermonize, you know, that the edges will have been sanded off. So you might still have to kind of deal with that tendency, but you're going to bring more depth and insight to that and realize that it's kind of a kind of a high priest or a priest vibration archetype where uh, we're here to guide to say you know look here this is important rather than mm. you should um so yeah the soul vibration is something that we've passed through already you know and and we know there are certain things that you know we really got in a past life and sometimes we didn't and that's why we're doing it again so it really depends on the individual and what I've really come to understand is that like even doing readings for identical twins they're two different souls and each soul inhabits their hand or their path based on their soul history based on their soul personality so you know, where that seven of clubs might manifest as discernment for you, it might it might manifest as a, just a hyper insecurity for somebody, for maybe a younger soul or someone who's, you know, here to really deal with that one this time. Hmm. Oh, and that, that's really interesting just with like the, you know, I mean, obviously twins are, you know, two different people. Um, being born at the same time of the same birthday um you know having you know that maybe that similar similar path but but very different there's you know soul path b um yeah i like so. to frame this your soul is making use of your hand mm -hmm. for purposes so it puts you in that sovereignty seat rather than you know i'm a victim of my hand although i have to say learning that i was a seven of diamonds gave me so much room to accept who I was and to come to really a deep self-compassion of like, whoa, this is a whopper. Everyone's hand is a whopper. <laughs> Every path has its, you know, essential paradox is another phrase that comes from a, ther a therapist a long time ago. But um, yeah, understanding your card and another person's card can really help, you know, just like with any personality typing system, it can give you so much more room to, to accept, you know, well, that's hard for them, or this has been really hard for me. And mm -hmm. yet, look at what I've learned and gained and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. On what you bring to it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious too. go back to the, um, you mentioned spade um as what was the the spade that you had mentioned um i forgot what um as far as like my my soul my uh card read it my reading 
Yeah, actually, I'm not sure what I mentioned, but you do have, oh, the seven of spades is where you are right now. And you also yeah. have spades as a mercury card, which rules how you think and communicate. And that's this amazing capacity you have to be that container I was talking about, mm -hmm. the gracious container that the grandmother archetype brings that just says, we have time here. Everything is welcome. We'll get to it in the right time. We can trust this flow. It's a it's a life coach vibration. And the seven of spades where you are right now in this 13-year Jupiter period, um, there's a weight and a seriousness and kind of a heaviness about the spade that says we have to take everything into account here. And in a more pragmatic way it, uh, with the card system, it represents work. It represents things finally showing up in the physical. So my guides, as as they have been doing for a long time, will take me and sit me down and explain something to me about the cards. And at one point, I got into a chat with Olney Richmond. <laughs> oh my gosh, he he lived around the turn of the the nineteenth century. Wrote the first volume on the cards called The Science of the Cards. He was in the the Secret Order of the Magi. Yada yada, and. Uh, he came through to me and I was like, only, is that you? Are you actually talking to me? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, can you just tell me something we have in common that I can verify later that will allow me to know that this is you? And he, uh, he basically what came through is that he was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, like I was. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. So one thing he told me is that the spade is all of the suits combined. It has the stem of the club, the point of the diamond and the lobes of the heart. Mm. And he said, this represents carbon. Well, I already knew that part, but he said, it's like a leaf. All the tree pulls together all of the elements, the water, the fire, the sun, the air, the oxygen and the earth. And then it shows up in the form of a leaf, you know, and mm. that looks like uh, a spade. So it's the result of everything that's come before. So a spade represents what actually physically shows up in the world. Mm -hmm. So during period, you're going to be more focused on the tangible, the tangible results. But the seven has a very spiritual vibration. So it's all about, I call it the card of, it's the righteousness card. And I put that tongue in cheek because there's always a little flavor of self-righteousness that we can kind of battle with that card when it shows up, but you're being shown what is standing in the way of behaving correctly or in alignment with the truth. So the seven of spades weeds out everything that's not working in a physical sense. Hmm. Does that resonate? It really does. I mean, just like where I'm at in my own life journey right now. So it's, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, just trying to um, let go of, you know, maybe societal norms and figure out what is my truth? Where am I supposed to be? What's right for me? Um, so that's definitely, definitely resonating. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, archetype, so I'm sorry, go ahead. It's also the East archetype. So it's just, yeah, told mm -hmm. to just kind of toss that in for contemplation. And I'm sorry, you, you cut out when you said, something archetype i don't know if you heard that correctly oh sorry okay um the seven of spades is the archetype of the high priest okay thank you that's really cool to know and um so what 
what might that information like how can how would one use that information well it's i think it's really for personal reflection for a sense of validation for a sense of there's an organizing principle going on here this isn't just me struggling with a bit of undigested potato or because I didn't sleep well last night it's like oh I'm I'm supposed to be working this it kind of helps you be proactive and say okay if I have like me right now I have the ace of hearts until June 15th which I can't wait till I get through this period it's me it's the inner child card it's the very first card and so it's making me very, very sensitive to um, inner child stuff. And I can use that and say, okay, if this is my window of opportunity, I'm going to do a lot of inner child meditations. I'm gonna be really tender with myself. I'm going to you know, be proactive about the fact that I'm dealing with that vibration. My emotions are gonna be more more, you know, close to the surface. And I'm going to give myself more room to cry and to feel and to know that that's, that's where I need to be right now. So yeah, it's, it's about being proactive, um, more accepting, more compassionate, mm -hmm. I think, with what's presenting on your path and, and taking responsibility to make use of it. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a key word there is that, um, personal responsibility and recognizing that, you know, we, it, we all have it within ourselves to take this information and use, use it, how it resonates and, and go in inward as we're guided to do that work. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm wondering, let's, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. You've mentioned just messages that you've been receiving from Mother Mary. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what messages you've been receiving and, and what does she have for us at this time? Oh, wonderful. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So she started coming through to me about a month ago and I know I was Catholic in past lives, but not this one and just never, never even occurred to me to talk to Mary. <laughs> and here she pops in and, and has just been giving me messages. Um, she wants me to just describe her a little bit. So she's represented by the queen of clubs in the card system, which is a mental vibration, a consciousness vibration. Um, she's very direct. She is a very no-nonsense truth teller. There is such a feeling of, uh, it's so clean when she tells me something about myself or says this is how it is or this is what's going on but then along comes this incredible unconditional love and nurture and sweetness that just reassures me that I'm utterly loved I'm utterly accepted um she's she's been really focusing on for the collective the importance of the Trusting your own path. Okay, so I threw a couple cards this morning to see what she wanted to talk about in this interview. And I got, I do the Osho Zen. So the first one is trust. Trust your path. Trust what you're feeling right now. Trust what's in there. Don't push it away. Go towards it. Get curious about it. Bring compassion to it. And trust that that's perfect somehow. Um, and it's also trust the flow 
of this whole entire planetary collective journey. That's something that really began breaking through to me yesterday in kind of a, well, yesterday was a really big day, um, you know, the lunar eclipse. Uh, and I just kind of had this understanding that we are all creating this journey day to day to day. We are all cells in a body and every cell is vibrating at a frequency that has an effect on the whole. And so blame is just really stupid. <laughs> so her emphasis is always coming back to the self because that's where your power is to influence the collective. If that's your point of influence, and we all want to influence it towards love. Well, those of us that, you know, are on the love train, <laughs> we're like, okay, I want this place to be more loving. It, it all starts with going here. That's the power place. So, um, and there is a divine orchestration to this whole thing. So yeah, trust the path, the mind card. So yeah, this is all the, and it's upside down, you know, it's the, the machinery of the mind and this is another card that showed up, which to me is that when you do your breathing exercise, you're getting into mind-heart coherence. And it really is just as easy as breathing, slowing down and tuning in, feeling, asking yourself, what does my heart feel like right now? That's her focus is really, it's really been oh, granular, you know, microscopic. It's like, Let's get into this moment and what you're feeling right now. And I call it the anticlimactic U-turn. You can't go out there to source anything for yourself. You can't go out there really for anything. Come here first. So it's always about coming back here and recognizing that the mind, the mind isn't, it's going to churn up a lot of stuff. It just isn't useful. And it's useful to observe it but to not let it drive the bus. I think she was just generally saying, recognize there's a lot of garbage there. And then the comparison card, and this is the third time she's pulled up this card and wants to talk about it. So I did a little um, listening and writing and taking notes on what she had to say specifically on the comparison card. So, Comparison, immediate to this all-important question, how am I doing? In that sacred space, this infection exists called comparison that sneaks into that very private place. How am I doing? Well, how is that compared to how someone else is doing? Or is that okay that I feel that way? And it's just, it's, ugh. it's a program that comes along. She said, we need to purge this. Ask for my help. My love, I can help center you into your own experience. So sometimes it's really hard to access our own experience. We're so conditioned to turn away from it or push it away if it's uncomfortable. And she's been helping me tune into my own experience. Um, she's asking me to share this a little bit. So uh, with this Ace of Hearts and with whatever this dense time that we're moving through and with my request to make me a more loving person, she has answered that and said, okay, we're going to really deal with your ego. And one night I just couldn't get this, these negative thought forms about myself. I mean, it was just like a tape that wanted to play back my whole life of everything I had to feel badly about. And so finally at three in the morning, sitting outside, looking at the stars, she said, um, 
she tried to direct me to feel love. Can you feel your own heart? And I said, I can't. I can't get there right now because my head is on overdrive and I can't, I can't feel right now. And it was, it was such an awful place to be. And yet I'm so grateful that I had this experience because I think so many have this. So what she did is she said, she laughed and she said, well, I can help you with that. And a moment later, there was just this rush of love. I felt her embrace. And she said, now take that same love and apply it to something that's very easy for you to love. So I thought of my dog who's laying here with me right now. And I was like, she's like, can you feel your love for Max? And I said, yes, I can see his little warm paw when he puts it in my hand. I can feel that love. And she's like, good, good. And then I drank my tea and she said, did you feel the love in your tea? Because it's in everything. Mm -hmm. Love essence of everything. So she took me down this tiny little path to just get to a feeling of love and then it shifted everything okay so there's one more thing she had to say about this um, to center it into your own experience feel love like a child walking hands held on both sides you know like by your parents where you feel the total freedom to be where you feel total acceptance so yeah I think she just really wanted to communicate that you know how toxic that tendency we have to compare ourselves and always come up short and sometimes it's not even a mental process it's just kind of there feeling less than feeling like oh there you go again and she just wants to pull apart that space create more space right here for yourself so that you can just experience where you are it's so primal it's so it's so simple and I think that that alone is what is changing i'll say it in the positive it is what is changing this planet it is what is what el is elevating our consciousness bringing about this ascension i mean we have a lot of helpers working with us and so forth but this is the portal this is the gateway i sound so emphatic right now <laughs> but <laughs> i think that's the that's the energy that she's bringing through that you know this is so simple and so so important and really accessible and if you can't access it you can ask for help and she's right there that's really beautiful and i think it's you know it, it is it comes down to that sim simple message of just love right everything's in love and we are love and you know recognizing our true divinity you know and, and when we separate ourselves by comparison we're, we're creating an illusion Right, it is an illusion. We're if we're creating that separation through illusion. It really is. It's such an illusion, and especially with the card system kind of in my back pocket, it's like this this backdrop of uniqueness. It's like you, how you're feeling right now is valid because you're an individual on a, an evolutionary path who has chosen this out of your sovereignty before you came into this lifetime. You you have it on pretty good authority to be exactly where and how you are right now so yeah the illusion of comparison really side rails us and takes us outside of our own experience really and and you know just the example of like when you said we are love i can look at you and see that so clearly i can sit in your presence both of you and just feel this like oh my god i'm getting the chills right now mm. i see your divinity i feel it and yet it's so hard sometimes to know that about yourself. And that's why it's so important to just 
you know, ask another person to give you that divine reflection, you know, at times, please tell me this divine vehicle that this vehicle for divinity that you experience in my presence, you know, my daughter, um, she's 28. And on her last birthday in December, she set up a zoom call with um, a whole bunch of really important women in her life. And, you know, with the intention that each one would just, you know, kind of say a blessing or just really reflect her to herself. And it was an overwhelming experience for a lot mm. of because, well, God, she's so easy to love, but it was just this, you know, this focused, we're going to put you in the seat in the center and we're going to tell you what you see and the impact that you've had on our lives and how the divine has come through you and touched me and oh, mm. all of us. That's true for every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And just think if we all just took a moment and said that and reflected that back to each other to say, I, I honor you. I see the divine in you. You know, what kind of planet, what kind of world would we be creating? Because we are truly mirrors to each other. Yes. Yeah. Such a beautiful, beautiful thing. We can offer that to, to others and, and, you know, and recognize even, even in our shadow, even in our pain, we are still divine. And, oh. and so we have to recognize that that's also part of the process and that's part of the hum humanness of ourselves. Beautiful. Oh, exactly. Mary keeps showing me her humanity, even mm. though she's been ascended for a long time. And she came through the other day stomping around. She really pissed off about something that was going down here on the earth plane. And another time she was in deep grief and sorrow about something and what people are doing. And, and then, you know, just flipped into another vibration to demonstrate something else to me. But you know, a Rumi poem comes to mind when you say that, and she brought this out in a recent channeling is that um, don't cover over the wound with a plaster, you know, or a band aid, because that's the place where the light enters you. And mm. to recognize, you know, I was lucky enough to be penetrated with this insight during one of the most difficult periods of my life. I just know it was my higher self or my guides to say, if she's going to get through this, she needs to know this little piece. You're not going through this just for yourself. You're going through this entire difficult decade of your life. It was my thirties, single mom, two kids, self-employed, da, da, da. It was just really hard. Um, you're going through this on behalf of a lot of other people that you're going to help you can't see down the path yet and how you're going to help them but this is part of your mission and so allowing that period of time you know with just a little bit more room to let myself go through it because if i can go through it and take notes then if i'm doing it on behalf of someone else then i'm there's a much greater willingness there was a much greater willingness to go through it and and they showed me, they're like, okay, here's, here's your lifeline. Here's this line in space. And here's where you are right now. And it was emerald green. It was lit up. They're like, this, this is a gem right here. This is a high value mm. period, right? And which was exactly the opposite of how I felt about that period. So 
if you're listening to this and you're going through something particularly difficult or you know someone who is, you can take you out of projecting victimhood onto them or feeling victimhood within yourself. And I'm, you know, there is a place for victimhood. I want to be a voice for, yes, there are times when we are literally victims to something. It shouldn't be a bad word, um, but to stay there is not productive, you know, but to, to be in that place of difficulty, if you can just consider the possibility that this is a loving, divine, Christ-like mission that you've devised for yourself, not just for you to grow and open up to love and just, you know, understand the nature of love but you're going through this on behalf of someone else down the line that you're gonna you're gonna pass this wisdom off to so how can you go through this in the most authentic self-loving way the way you would want someone else to go through it with self-compassion and yeah those things that make it so much more um, productive and endurable Yeah, and I think, you know, when we go through things with self-compassion and recognizing that, you know, we treat ourselves with love and compassion helps to move through that journey a little bit easier and with ease and, and recognizing that we're not the only ones going through that, you know, and, and so we can reduce the stigma by taking that sting out of, you know, oh, this event is, you know, I'm going through this and there's has to be shame and guilt and you know, all these other mixed emotions, which I think comes up a lot for a lot of people. Um, but when we recognize that we can hold ourselves in the same eyes as we do others and giving ourselves the same grace as we do others, it really helps the process move through or it helps us move through the process with so much more grace and ease. Yeah. Yeah. Well said to love, love ourselves as we so naturally love others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm wondering, I know you mentioned, um, I don't know if this is the right time to share that, but um, I'm, you mentioned Mother Mary having a message for Sam. I'm wondering if that's something you want to share. Yeah. Or no, I, I totally <laughs> forgot all about that. <laughs> Popped in my head too. So I think it was time for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let me just tune into her and see where she wants to go with it. She wants me to draw an Osho card. That'll make it easy. Jump, jumping off point. Um, I, I see her with you and holding you, and it's a very comfortable uh, place. She's just been there with you for a really long time, and I know you know that, but it's uh, like just always, she's saying off your left shoulder, so there's some, you know, significance to that in this moment. Okay, she's she's curious and excited and almost mischievous about this. Okay, I think this is about where you're at in your life right now. So this is the card on the bottom, slowing down, feeling, feeling the texture, the contours, the lushness. And this is Mary coming through with all these qualities to that let that be sort of the bath and the context for this period in your life right now 
um, you know, just the richness of your senses, breathing in the fragrance of the trees and the flowers and mm. quality of the light and the taste of the food and the way your heart feels walking through this grassy place or, or whatever. Okay, so the first card is, is the miser, which is, let me ask you when your birthday is really quick. Uh, November 22nd. I know I asked you that before. Okay. Oh, you're the Jack of Hearts. You're the Christ card. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a challenging card to be. Okay. Um, so this miser, the, the images of this woman clinging to all of these things, putting value in things rather than in the, the self, the self is the valuable thing that's evolving and and is rich and is opulent and is full and beautiful. She, she's really emphasizing that vibration of opulence and to consider yourself as the opulent thing, not just that your life is filled with opulence, but that you are opulent. Oh, she just loves you. I just love feeling her regard for you. She is showing me right now you as a little boy like in the present just this uh just makes me want to cry there's such a softening of your spirit towards her just like a child with their mother oh just so receptive and innocent okay the next card is patience so this is about um just acknowledging the cycles cycles of the moon the um things have to go through their necessary stages to get you where you need to be where you want most to be uh, let's see if there's anything else with that no she's like you you're gonna get that that's very clear to you what that means um and then the last card is ordinariness and that's kind of what she was describing before with this bath of slowing down the really really enjoying the richness of everything um as it's freely given there's an energy of wow i'm in this park and that lilac tree is blooming and that's free that's free i, I just heard a frog croak that one was free um an energy of uh just playfully moving through the moment and enjoying everything as it's as it's showing up for you mm -hmm. um yeah so it, d does that resonate or do you have any question for her um no that that actually does uh resonate a lot with me and to kind of give you know our listeners a little bit of a backstory a long time ago i had a um uh angel reading and the lady that was doing my reading said that you know, Mother Mary, the Virgin Mary is actually one of my guides. And it's funny that you mentioned that because she said she's always on my left side <laughs> too. Uh, so, and yeah. And so I, I asked her, you know, I keep smelling like flowers where their flowers aren't anywhere around. And that's kind of where, when she came to her, but um, so, yeah. So ever since then, you know, and I, I do, I do have, um, you know, I do look at her as, you know, a child looks at their mother, you know, so for me, it is, 
and it's funny how how you mention her because that's how i that's how i kind of envision her you know not not necessarily the um you know the the catholic or the christian uh version of mary you know with you know the the bright halo and you know the just kind loving eyes and all that kind of stuff i've i've always thought of her as a rebel you know as someone like you said that you know, if she gets mad, she gets mad, and she don't care who sees it. You know, if she if she wants to be honorary, she gets honorary, and you know, if people don't like it, then that's that's their too bad. You know, and um, for me, I've actually I've I've been the same way pretty much my entire life. You know, like this is I'm I'm uh, wear emotions on my sleeve pretty much. So you know, at any given time, this is who I am. And if for some reason you don't like it, that's fine. But right now this is who i am you ain't changing that <laughs> you know um but in in the the reading that you gave so when you mentioned you know the kind of relax and literally you know stop and smell the roses or you know appreciate the things that are free you know i have been having a hard time doing that lately it's mm. been very it's been a very frustrating time for me as of late and you know when i'm outside doing yard work or you know going on a hike or walking my dog or something i i am still able to see you know the the beauty out there so the lilac bush or the, the tree blooming or you know the birds singing or or whatever but immediately it's you know my ego mind kicks in and says great now you know insert something here like you know oh this this i i have a, a juniper bush right next to my house and i juniper is my favorite smell i just i love it um and i you know walk by the juniper bush like oh i could smell it you know it smells so good and then immediately my ego mind goes into yeah but you got to cut this part off you got to cut this part off you know it's going to be just a big pain in the ass and so it's been a lot of that kind of back and forth lately um so the fact that you know number one it was acknowledged number two it was acknowledged by mary who i have you know just amazing unlimited you know respect and admiration and and, and love for um but yeah it, it it definitely you know that reading definitely resonates with me and her message to me was kind of like like i said you know feel your feelings right now what's going on is what's supposed to be going on but when it's over it's over you know don't hold on to the crap <laughs> feel the crap but don't hold on to the crap and when it's over keep going forward keep keep moving and uh that's kind of what uh you know how i interpreted the uh the reading so thank you for that though that was that was really cool. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, anytime I could get a message from her, is, it's always, it's always good stuff for me. So thank you. So glad you're so welcome. And she's, she just wanted to, when you said you're going through a hard time, she just said, she's holding you really tight. She's mm -hmm. like, Tom, holding you really, really tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can, sometimes, you know, I, I can still feel it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always nice to know that, you know, the the beings or the people that 
you look up to or that you know you you want in your lives that even though they might go away for a little bit they'll always come back when they need to you know that's also another message i got to um especially with her you know like like i said she's always with me and i know that as the rest you know with my angels my spirit guides you know i i have some pretty important a pretty important spiritual team like a kind of a who's who kind of thing you know uh mary's on my right archangel or on my left and archangel michael's on my right <laughs> so it's kind of like it's a pretty pretty good duo to have but you know just because for for whatever reason i'm not feeling them as strongly does not mean that they're not there mm-hmm. and does not mean that when i need their help they're boom they're there and you know i can i can actually saying that i can feel my heart start to warm mm. you know and so that's how i know that <laughs> now i'm getting emotional so i'm gonna stop talking here in a second <laughs> but that's that's how i know that she's here you know and and uh because i get the warm it's the warm heart the warm-hearted feeling you know so yeah oh that's so beautiful because you know one day she said to me it was the only thing she said to me in that moment. She said, I will always come to you. Wrote it down, left. I was like, okay, good. Of course you will. You're an ascended master and you love me. <laughs> and then the next time I needed to contact her was that one of those many nights I've had in the past month of not being able to sleep and staying up till 3 a.m. and just with something churning. And my very first thought in asking her to come is that she wouldn't be able to come because she couldn't match my frequency. I wouldn't be able to match her frequency. She's inaccessible to me because I'm so distressed. And then she was like, I will always come to you. And I was like, okay, okay. Oh, I'm so glad. Please help me. And then there was this back and forth that came. And even if, even if you can't hear them or feel them, call on them anyway. And, and one of the things she said to me in that moment was there's so many people who don't know that they can call on me for help. And I'm right there. And with the, the accessibility, the ordinariness, the familiarity of her vibration tells me that she has always been with me. And there is a, there is such a profound familiarity there that I know this extends to I don't know. I want to say everyone. And and even if you think like, oh, that's a special connection and I'm not psychic and I can't access that kind of, and I'm not Catholic or I'm not Christian, or it's like, it doesn't matter. Asking for that assistance, you know, saying, you know, Mary, I would like to connect with you, or I would like to, uh, I'd like to feel you, or maybe could we even, I mean, I, she is not above confirmation, even asking for signs. I mean, I asked her, the very first time she popped through and said, we're going to start talking. I was like, that's kind of random. Can you give me a confirmation? And the very next day, the very first video I happened upon was about the site, the Mary sightings in, um, you guys might know the names of them. Like when she appeared and there was a spaceship and there were three children and there were like three different sightings and she gave messages to these children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe someone will type it in the con in the comments. But I was like, well, that's a pretty good big confirmation. So that don't be surprised at the immediacy, the familiarity, and the sense that these are your very own thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's how how wedded to humanity she is. 
and she's family, you know, mm -hmm. it will be familiarity to that vibration. And I was watching somebody, he's an artist. It was a video that just popped up on YouTube and he was an artist and he was painting and talking. The, the background is he's talking about, you know, the lunar eclipse and everything that went down on the 26th. And, and uh, the painting eventually, it just kept morphing and it turned into this moon with this female figure standing over it. And I just had this immediate feeling that, you know, the, we hear so much about the divine feminine and the, you know, this term that's come in the mother arc, the return of this energy. And when she came through to me, I was like, you know, it's like you hear that the queen is going to be arriving and then through the door comes your mom. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, wow, okay, I can relate to this. <laughs> Yeah, that's the divine feminine that's coming mm. through. I, I would imagine that you guys are are doing interviews with a lot of people talking about the divine feminine. And I'm curious what, what you've been hearing. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned the um, uh, Mary being so deeply, you know, connected and intertwined with humanity, because that's not the first time we've, you know, we've had an interview. That's not the first time somebody said that. Um, they said that once before, too. And, you know, I, I believe that, yes, yeah, she, you know, she is, like you said, she is an ascended master. She is, you know, part of the divine feminine. Um, but she started out as human. Oh. You know, so she gets, she gets that you know, she, she, she understands that. And, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, with, with Jesus, with Buddha, you know, with, with the ascended masters that we have that were on this, this earth plane, they understand the, um, what it's like to be human. They understand the human condition, you know, and I think that's, you know, for, for me anyway, um, they're very, you know, I, I I'm very, they, very relatable you know they're they're very relatable because they've had that human condition before you know because they've went through that suffering and they went through that ego mind and you know they've they've been through the doubts and they've been through the anger and they've been through the sadness and they've been through all that that they understand um so yeah it's that that uh really kind of got me when you when you were talking about your her love of humanity I'm like yeah that's not the first time <laughs> that we've heard that before and um yeah, I just, I, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's so cool to me when we can have these conversations about, you know, these, these figures that are perceived to be very religious figures, but to take the religion out, you know, and um, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that organized religion is, is bad or evil or anything like that. I think that along with everything else, it does have its place in the world. Um, but it's nice to talk about these figures in more of a personal human way, you know, and, and for me, it just, it, it makes them more relatable. It makes them more desirable almost. Cause it's like, yeah, you know, yes, uh, Jesus, you know, for all intents and purposes could have very well been the son of God. You know, that I, I don't deny that, but he also bled and he ate and he drank and he laughed and he did all these things and he suffered, you know, and that's the human part, you know? So 
I don't know. I just, I, I, I love it when we're able to, to, you know, give these talk, talk about these divine beings in a more human way. It's just, it's very relatable to me. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I mean, for the longest time, I really, um, I guess, rejected the idea of, well, organized religion, because I've never really resonated with it. Um, I remember, yeah, just being like at this, you know, everything in this Bible here is, feels negative to me. It doesn't, nothing feels like it resonates. So I um, took that more spiritual path um, aside from the religious aspect. Um, but it wasn't until like years later when I started really going down my path um, and recognizing, you know, Jesus and Mary and, you know, Buddha and, and um, you know, these figures as ascended masters, you know, the Christ consciousness that they're vibrating at a higher level and we can tap into that. And, um, and, and I just wanted to also talk, um, kind of go back to what you asked about is as far as the divine feminine, we, you know, I think I mean, we've had a lot of different people that we've had conversations with, but even, you know, be beyond that too, we've, the divine feminine, I think, you know, the energy of the divine feminine, I feel is coming into this balance with the masculine in the world right now. And I see that happening on so many different levels where women are able to maybe express their divinity or their femininity in a different way that feels more, um, you know, equal and loving and, um, it's imbalanced with the masculine rather than competing against the, the masculine and recognizing the energy of that in our, in our universe, in our world um, has been, feels just like we're shifting into that a lot more lately. Um, and so that feels really, really beautiful and, and just nurturing and recognizing the importance of the, the mother and the father, you know, in balance and harmony and that we, we have to coexist in these energies and, 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 and tapping into that feminine for the, for the, you know, for a man to tap into their feminine energy, just as much as the, um, the female. So it's really about the energy. It's not really about the, the gender. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah. You know, so I had an EMDR session recently and I was going through something really intense and I couldn't figure it out, but I knew that I was trying to, I was trying to integrate something and through the EMDR session and the, the visuals and everything, it was made really clear to me. I was integrating my masculine side. Mm -hmm. So, right. It's not like the spotlight is all on the feminine. It's, it's about integration and balance and whatever mm -hmm. has been out of balance is being brought into balance. And mm -hmm. when I was on my walk, well, the ducks, I have to mention the ducks while you're talking, it reminded me of, um, I was taking a walk. God, this was like decades ago. I was in Lakewood where I grew up and I was walking, I was walking next to a pond and there were ducks and my guides told me, observe those ducks for a minute. This will be relevant later. And it's finally relevant. And it's like, it's over 30 <laughs> years later. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, the male duck kind of hovered behind the female and the female was leading the way 
and then she'd find something that was particularly interesting and she would just like get into it and you know she was she was I don't know, nibbling on something or doing her duck things. And the masculine just sat and he stood guard. He was like her escort so that she could have this experience. Hmm. And this morning when I was taking a walk and uh, I, I was connecting with Mary, I'm walking on this dirt path where I walk Max all the time and it's just a, an open field. And suddenly... And I do think this is part of this eclipse energy. I've been having these really palpable experiences, like transcendent experiences. And this one was suddenly I was walking the streets. I was walking on the ground in Israel. And I've never had that experience or desire or thought before. But suddenly I was, I was there. And she just, Mary came in and she said, you walked with us. And I was like, and I had the feeling that I was between like five and eight years old and I was holding hands with both Mary and Jesus, you know, like a child and swingy, you know, and, and walking along. And, and then after oh, getting the chills again, you guys are so cool. You're just this container that you help create. Um, she was helping me feel that safety in the presence of the of divine masculine and divine feminine absolute safety i mean i in that experience in that moment i felt like the the innocence and the freedom of of a like five or six year old child and i felt like the ground was made of love mm. and i felt that love coming up into my feet and i felt that i loved the ground as much as it loved me and it was just oh it was just so real and palpable and then after a few moments she said now take that feeling inside yourself be that masculine that takes the initiative, the agency, I'm going to hold space for you, like this female duck, to have this emotional experience. Hmm. So yeah, that's just one one way of looking at that integration. Mm, I love that. That is just so beautiful and and just so profound, really, you know, and recognizing that we, you know, it, it's not about yeah, rejecting the the feminine and the masculine. We all have that within ourselves and recognizing that it's just about integrating the energies so that we can fully embody and embrace ourselves in our own divine being and fully come into our, our true nature, our wholeness of that feminine and masculine. We have to, it comes from within. We have to integrate that within ourselves to recognize and fully embrace that from others right right and that's why we're all here together to mm -hmm. take pulls and frequencies from other people i mean darting back to my website for just a second on my um, my it is kismet um i did a whole bunch of recordings at one point they're free there are links to it on youtube or you can go to the kismet youtube channel i guess and find it but but I, I talked about the king, queen, and jack of each suit because that represents, okay, so you as a diamond, the king of diamonds is your masculine, the queen of diamonds is your feminine, and the jack of diamonds is your adolescent or inner child. And these particular cards have particular personalities and things that they have to work with and things that they bring to the table. And so kind of looking at that in terms of, well, what is my internal masculine what is my interjected father voice how 
how does that need to be adjusted? How can I make that a kinder voice or a more powerful voice or, you know, whatever is needed? And what's the personality of that child? What is that, you know, Jack of Diamonds, Jack of Clubs, whatever? What do they have to deal with? What are their challenges and their struggles? And it will also, the Jack of your suit will tell you about your own childhood mm. and what that was like for you. What, it, what was mm. the challenge? Like all diamonds to some degree, were incredibly sensitive and insecure as children. There was just always this issue of, I need to feel safe. Do I feel safe? Do I feel emotionally safe? And it pervades the first seven years of their life. So just even understanding that little bit about bringing it back to uniqueness, you have a divine feminine, you have a feminine arch archetype in you, you have that masculine, you've got that divine child, you know, um, and how is it doing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It sounds like, I mean, you, there, you go so many directions with that. And I feel like we could probably talk forever about these things. Um, <laughs> but let's, um, but, but kind of, a, yeah, but let's um, wrap up. And, and I'd like to hear more about um, where our listeners can, can find you. Um, you mentioned your website and what you're currently working on okay so yeah the website for the cards is i-t-i-s-k-i-s-m-e-t -I -I -E so the whole website is www.itiskismet.com um i my facebook channel i do live videos i'm i'm heavily heavily censored right now it's the source of great amusement as mm. well as nation is shock <laughs> so <laughs> censored i mean they'll just come onto a video and just blank it out while i'm talking about something and then they'll bring it back when they're comfortable with it and i was channeling mary one day i was like this is what mary has to say about the current situation and they anyway you can go to my facebook page uh just paula kruger k-r-u-e-g-e-r -E -E and i uh Sometimes I do a YouTube video instead and then post it on Facebook. And my YouTube channel is Paula Kruger. <laughs> it's all very straightforward. Um, and what else? Is there any way else they need to? Well, if you want a reading, um, you can go to the website and then text me. I don't check my email very much. Uh, you have to text me to get in personal contact with me or through Messenger. And I'm I might take a little while, but I can super ADD, but, um, but yeah, I just, I love to connect with people in person and give readings and, uh, any length of time is okay for reading. You want five minute, one question, you want a couple, I throw a couple cards and just do a messenger reading and take pictures of the cards. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really flexible. Awesome. And we will add that to our show notes as well. Oh, so okay. All that information. So, yeah. So thank you, Paula, so much for being here with us today and sharing your wisdom and knowledge and experience with us. Oh, you're so yeah. welcome. It's been such a beautiful space. And Sam, Stacy, thank you so much for for the way that you show up and your your softness, your your fragrance. You really are like just like a flower that's just laid open. Oh, that was very sweet. Thank you so much. I don't think I've ever been called a flower before. Thanks. Because <laughs> I just got the chills. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been it's been a beautiful honor on and 
So thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed the show, we would absolutely love and be grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other and love the world. We love you guys. Love you guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.